in today's show. I'm going to break down the trade that went down. The Jazz, the Spurs, the Blazers, they're all a part of it. We're going to talk about all of the uh, all the machinations and all of the impact of that deal. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Just eschewing the usual schedule of shows today would normally be a waiver wire show, but we're holding our waiver ads. The trade deadline is less than 24 hours away. So I'm not going to be saying, oh, maybe stream this guy, look to add this player when all that stuff's going to be turned on its ass by tomorrow. So I'm not going to do that regular show. I'm also not going to do the what to watch for show today because what I'm watching for and the players that I'm streaming are going to be wildly different after 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow when the trade deadline passes and we see the 30 players who have traded, uh, been traded and changed teams and guys in and out of rotations and the things we're going to be watching for. So therefore, I'm not doing those shows today. What we're doing is breaking down the two trades that have happened today if there's another trade that happens between now and games tip-off, we'll do a full breakdown of that as well. But for now, let's just talk about those trades that did actually go down today. Um, Warney, what do you reckon? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a three-way deal between the Utah Jazz, the Portland Trailblazers, and the San Antonio Spurs. Let's just talk about what the deal is to start off with. The Jazz get Nikhil Alexander-Walker, probably the headline part of this deal. The Jazz also get Juancho Hernan Gomez. The Blazers get Elijah Hughes, Joe Ingles, and a 2022 second round pick, which comes from the Memphis Grizzlies. The Spurs get Thomas Sadoransky and a 2027 second round pick. You may have seen the names Thomas Sadoransky and Nikhil Alexander-Walker recently in trades, as recently as yesterday, as Portland traded those or received those players in the CJ McCollum deal. So they got back Josh Hart, and Sadoransky, and Alexander Walker, and Didi Luzada, and now two of those guys are gone. So you replace Alexander Walker and Sadoransky with Hughes and Ingles as part of that McCullum deal. What it, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about the real-life perspective and then do a bit of a fantasy stuff. We'll start with Utah. Alexander Walker is ostensibly brought in to help replace Joe Ingles' role, which, you know, obviously he's torn, he's ACL, and he's out for the season. The Alexander-Walker-Jordan Clarkson combination is not particularly good, I don't think. Alexander-Walker is not Joe Ingles. He doesn't have the size of Joe Ingles. He's not the passer of Joe Ingles. And he's definitely not the bloody shooter that Joe Ingles is. And Ingles has had a really down season this year. But that doesn't mean that Alexander-Walker can necessarily replace this. I have seen this a few times where people think, well, this means Jordan Clarkson's definitely on the move. I don't believe that. It could. I don't believe that's what they're doing. They needed to bring someone in to replace Ingles, not to bring somebody in to replace Clarkson and then still need someone to get in to replace Ingles. That's going to be hard for them to do. So I don't think that's... I would have gone a different direction than getting Alexander Walker in to try and replace Joe Ingles, but it does give them an extra guard. But they're, they're not... You know, 
Clarkson, Mitchell, Conley, Alexander Walker. It's not a very sizable combination of guards, is it? Not much size there on the wings. Not huge amounts of passing ability in that in that second unit either. Once you're Gomez, he won't, he just won't play really. For the Blazers, let's get the Spurs out of the way. Um, I don't think it makes any impact at all. They get themselves a 2027 second. They got Wancho in the deal earlier on this season with the, in part of the Celtics and Denver deal where they sent Bryn Forbes to the Nuggets. Yeah, he wasn't a part of what they were doing and Sadoransky's not going to be a part either. He's going to be behind DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Josh Primo, Lonnie Walker, and Trey Jones. He's just not going to play. So they get a 2027 second out of it as part of that deal, you know, the... Yeah, an add-on to the Bryn Forbes deal from a few weeks ago. There's no real fantasy impact there. In fact, there's zero fantasy impact. Wancho wasn't playing. Sadoransky won't play. This doesn't open up minutes for Bates Diop or Zach Collins or anything like that. Those guys, Wancho wasn't playing. He wasn't a part of the rotation. So it's not something that changes much there. Portland's where it gets interesting slash confusing. I don't know what to make of what they're doing. We can look at the Norman Powell, Robert Covington deal and go, oh, okay. So you just saved money. What's the actual benefit for you guys? Because I don't care about the owner's money. I don't care at all. Spend as, you should spend as much as possible. You've got it. Spend it. So I don't care about saving them money. So I don't, I don't, you don't praise a deal just to save money. I get why you do it, but it's not a basketball winning move. You can get much back in those deals. But you know, opening up some space, yeah, I get it. The CJ McCollum deal, I liked it. You get off of CJ's bad contract, which is not about saving the owner money. It's giving your team more flexibility to pay the right players in the right spot. You get a potential top 10 pick, potential top five pick, not top five. The fifth is the highest it can go. But yeah, I don't think the Pelicans are sliding that far. But let's just say like between 10 and 13, the pick is, is they get, okay. Um, and you got Josh Hart, who's a healthy contributor, a solid player. And you got Alexander Walker, a young guard to try and develop. And that was that made sense as a deal for McCollum, and then trading away McCollum or Alexander Walker to bring in Joe Ingles, who is not going to play, and will probably not re-sign there. Would be my guess, and then to turn that into Elijah Hughes and a bad second from Memphis. Memphis is pretty good, remember? So this is a second-round pick, probably in the fifties. I, I don't, I don't really get it. I don't understand it. You, you take okay. You must really like Keon Johnson and Elijah Hughes, when I don't think the opinion of those guys around the league is particularly high. Just seems a weird evaluation. Now this does not mean, in my opinion, that Damian Lillard is out. It doesn't mean that he's looking at this. Go, what is these guys doing? I think that every move is being made is being made in conjunction with Damian Lillard, that he knows about these moves. Now players, historically, generally are pretty horrible evaluations of talent and what needs to happen as GMs. I don't know how much of an impact Lillard's having. I've got no idea. Um, but I would be really, really shocked and stunned if Lillard is not at least part of these discussions and is well aware of them and signs off on them. If the Bla- or Unless the Blazers are like, we don't want to pay Damian Lillard $50 million when he's 36 years old or whatever the contract will be. Um, so we're just going to do things. And if it pisses him off and he requests a trade, it's actually better for us. We don't look like the bad guys now. I'm not. I won't rule that out either. I don't think this is going to facilitate a Lillard trade. Lillard's not playing this season. I'm pretty sure. Um, I don't think it facilitates anything there. So, yeah, overall, I just I don't get it. Hughes has got something, or he's got a little bit of something. But I'd much rather see if I can do something with Alexander Walker versus 
Elijah Hughes. I, I, yeah, I, I would much rather see that. Now, as I said, Hughes has had some interesting games. He had a 26-point game against the Raptors earlier this season where he hit seven triples. That's really good, isn't it? But like, that's it. That's, that's his one game. That's, in fact, the... Only the, he's only played four games in his career where he's got at least 10 minutes. That's the only game he's ever had in double-digit scoring. I don't, I don't know exactly what they're seeing with Elijah Hughes. We'll be back in a sec to talk the fantasy value of these players in these trades. But I'm going to tell you now about Bet Online because the Super Bowl's coming up. So Bet Online has you covered with all that you need with props, lines, and odds for the big game. BetOnline.net remains the best place for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates on current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new and amazing offers for the 2022 season. BetOnline is where the game starts. It's the last day I'm going to tell you guys about this, but the NBA Trade Deadline Show, February the 10th, Thursday, tomorrow, Starting at 2 p.m. Eastern, myself and John Corrales are going to be breaking down all the news. show is going to be hosted by Kim Becker. We're going to be talking everything that goes on across the NBA with trades. We're going to break down those moves as they happen, give our immediate impact. I'll give my immediate fantasy thoughts on it as well. So check out the Locked On NBA YouTube channel for our live trade deadline show. Let's go back to talk about some of the fantasy value impacts in this deal. Well, I thought Alexander Walker could be a 12-team league pickup. Um, he is not. Like, if he picked him up, don't drop yet. There's no real point to it. But I would be... He is... You know, when you make a move based on a deadline trade, he's gone. Like, he's not a 12 or 14 team league guy anymore. He moves onto that second unit with Clarkson. It probably hurts Clarkson a little bit. Clarkson's value comes from taking a lot of shots. Nothing else. And his value is borderline anyway. So if he's going to take fewer shots, then his value drops off. So it does hurt Jordan Clarkson. It doesn't impact Conley. It doesn't impact Mitchell or guys like that, really. But it does impact um, Clarkson a bit, probably pushes him to fringe 12. And again, if a really hot, interesting ad appears at the deadline, both Clarkson and Alexander Walker can be droppable. Clarkson obviously much higher than Alexander Walker. Um, so that's probably the impact. You know, deeper leagues, it hurts Trent Forrest and, and Jared Butler pretty significantly in Utah as well. But you know, these are leagues that most people aren't a part of. In Portland's where things get really interesting. I thought they would have been starting Alexander Walker, but obviously not now. So we know we can lock in Simons and Nurkic as their two starters and Josh Hart as their third starter. That's your three starters. The question then comes, what do they do to the other spots? And I think there's three candidates for those last two spots. I think Justice Winslow gets one of them. Right? And I think Justice Winslow is a 12-team option with the caveat that he's going to be a bad free throw guy and can be an iffy field goal percentage player. But given there's no backup center on this team, Cody Zeller's waived, Larry Nance is gone, Robert Covington's gone. It's Nurkic, and Winslow's going to have to play a lot at center, which helps boost his field goal percentage. It helps boost his defensive stats as well. So I think he's a solid 12-team league player for now. Then the last spot comes down to Ben McLemore pushing Josh Hart to the three, or CJ Allaby pushing Josh Hart to the two. I think if I was coaching that team, I would be trying CJ Allaby out. And I think there is a chance that Allaby is a 12-team league player. I don't think that his value is high enough to prioritize adding him before the deadline. But when the dust clears at the deadline, I think Allaby might have some value. But I think what he'll end up doing is being a player that goes like a Kevin Herter sort of a guy. Goes between the 110th best player to 170th best player. And it's all over the place. It's back and forth. He'll have a little top 90 run. Then he'll be outside the top 200. And he'll average you know, 11 and 3. And you go, what's his crap? Then he'll go 16 and 5 with 3 threes. You know, that's interesting. 
turning into like a fringe sort of player that can be on and off roster. So not a guy that I'm burning a waiver ad. If I've got unlimited ads, yeah, try it. Let's see what happens, right? You might even get some value out of him today. I believe the Blazers play today. So there might be something there. But he would be the guy, I think, after, of course, Hart, if you are playing in a league that somehow has Josh Hart available, you must roster him. Um, Alibi becomes a little bit of a boost there. It could be, you know, Watford might get a chance. McLemore might get a chance. Yeah, but I think I look for Alibi at this point. Elijah Hughes, don't completely rule him out. Obviously, there are minutes there. And I'm not sure the Blazers are finished. I, I don't think, again, I'll say it, Eric Bledsoe is mysteriously out again with Achilles soreness, an injury that he hasn't had all season. But as soon as he's traded, that injury flares up. They do. He does not want to play for this team. They don't want him to play for this team. They are working to find a trade to get Eric Bledsoe back out of there. If not, I think they will either fake Achilles soreness him for the rest of the season or they'll just flat out wave him. I don't think he plays a second for the Blazers, but I don't know that for sure. All right, so that takes him out of those mix for the backup guard minutes, helping Dennis Smith, um, helping McLemore, helping Elijah Hughes. Hughes is a name to watch in case they just say, wow, you're really impressing us. We're going to start you next to Josh Hart, play 30 minutes a night. He might average 16. Uh, he, he can be a scorer. I'm not sure what else he's going to do, but he, he can be a guy that scores and hits some threes. There's maybe a little bit of something there. I'm not particularly confident in it, but there might be something there. But the big winner here, I think, has got to be um, Winslow but to, and Hart and Simons. They'll get boosts. But CJ Allaby, I think, is probably the guy who steps up with Ben McLemore behind him. If I had to toss between the two, Giggity, I would probably take Allaby over Ben McLemore at this point. But that, you know, I'm not, I'm not locked in on that. We'll get a better idea of how things go tonight, but that's the way that I'm leaning with it at the moment. But I'm not convinced that the Blazers are done. I reckon there's more stuff coming from them. There's more stuff coming from Rock Auto because they're just jam-packed. There's so many auto parts available at this online auto parts store. Why would you go to, to, to a traditional brick-and-mortar auto parts store and have to sit or stand in a line, wait for the bloke behind the counter to come out and then ask you questions that just feel like you're getting uh, interrogated? Why do you want that? RockAuto.com has been serving auto parts customers online for the last 20-plus years. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts for your car, whether it's tail lamp, brake parts, motor oil, or even new carpet, Rock Auto has everything you would need for your car or truck. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. There was another trade that happened. Absolute ball burst of this one. The Heat and the Thunder. Oklahoma City gets... KZ Okpala, or as he is known here, KZ Okpala. Miami gets a 2026 second round pick. So nothing. Yeah, who knows what the Thunder will be like by then? No, it's something. Okpala, a second round pick himself, has been out for the last, I think, 20 games or so with a wrist issue. So there's no guarantee he's even going to play for this Thunder squad. Um, he is a guy that's designated as a small forward, but basically plays all his minutes either at center or at power forward. He can't shoot at all from the line or from the field. He's a guy that can get some defensive stats, but hasn't really shown that in big bunches. Not really sure what he does, to be honest. But they've got some injuries in that front court. Mascala's out to the All-Star break. Aaron Wiggins is out, probably to the All-Star break. Isaiah Roby's dealing with an ankle sprain. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is out for a while with a foot issue, foot fracture. I don't think Robinson Earl plays this season. They just, weirdly enough, waved Mamadi Diakiti, who was on a 10-day, and they said, thanks for your service. I'll see you later. So I don't know what they're planning on doing at center. Because Mascala's out. Robinson Earl's out. So it's just going to be Favors and 
Like literally favors and what? Like who else is playing there at center? I don't know what they're doing. Is Roby coming back? Um, there's a there's some weird stuff going on there still with um with the Thunder and what they're doing with their big man spots. Is Okpala going to solve it? Almost definitely not. Could he be maybe a 20-team league player? I guess so, but I think best case for him is like top 250, best case. I don't think he's a particularly good player. I don't think he's a particularly good fantasy contributor. And even if he did somehow work his way into a 30-minute role, which is hard given that he's not very good and he's injured currently, I don't even think he'd be a 12-team league ad. But that is a trade that happened. KZ gets a second opportunity. He wasn't going to play in Miami. He might play in Oklahoma City. He probably will once he is healthy and ready to go. We just honestly don't know when that's going to be. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a nothing deal that I don't really think makes any waves in the fantasy circles. There you go. That'll do it for us today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.